are so thankful that you are here. We just came off of Thanksgiving, which was absolutely amazing. We ate so much, stuffed to the gills, and it was just such a great time of meeting new people and enjoying friends like they were family, and we were so thankful for that. We are thankful that you are here, and I have noticed in my life that when I focus on the things that I'm thankful for, I focus less on the things that I don't have or the things that I want to complain about and the things that just kind of get me down. And my life usually is more filled with joy and I can just be focused on the things that I need to be focused on when I am just focused on the things that I'm thankful for. One of the things that is superficial that I'm really thankful for when we showed up today this beautiful baby grand piano was sitting here. So I am playing it this morning and I'm really, really, really thankful for that. Um, so I'm just gonna pray and then we're gonna continue with our worship. So if you wanna join us in singing, the words will be on the screen. And again, we are so thankful for that you are here. God, we just continue the attitude of gratefulness and thankfulness, Lord, towards you, that you, God would send your son to die and that Jesus, you willingly gave up your life for our life. Lord, that you took the sacrifice that we needed to give and we could not, and you stepped in for us. And we are so thankful. We give you so much gratitude that we can never repay that debt. Lord, I just ask that you will be with us here today, that your presence will fill this place that you will meet us here today and draw our hearts closer to you and more like you each day and each step that we take, Lord. We give you all the praise and all the glory and all the honor for who you are, Lord. We pray this in your name. Amen.
Well, eight weeks ago, we started a series called More on how to live an abundant life. And I started that series with this question, do you want a better life? And over the last eight weeks, we've been talking about what the abundant life looks like, what that actually means. And remember, an abundant life is not a life where nothing bad ever happens to you, right? That's just a lucky life. No one has that life. An abundant life is where, despite the circumstances that happen to you, you respond with peace and joy, and you find purpose and fulfillment in your life. And we've been talking about how the abundant life, we experience that when we learn to live and love like Jesus. And everyone that we encounter every day is either living an abundant life or an empty life. Now, it would be really easy, right, if just as people walked around, they were carrying potted plants. And, you know, their plant was either shriveled up and it was brown and all the leaves were falling off. And other people had ones that were full and abundant and full of glossy green leaves. And you could just be like, oh, they're living an abundant life. Look how healthy that plant is. Or they're living an empty life. You can tell real, uh, real easily. But that's not the case, right? But as we get to know people better and you get to know people closer and you get um, into their lives a little bit, you can quickly tell whether or not people respond in a way that reflects peace and joy in their life or whether or not they're, they're sometimes secretly miserable. And I believe that Jesus Christ lived the most abundant life of any human being who has ever lived and any human being who ever will live. I believe that by modeling Jesus' life, we too can live the abundant life. And uh, that's essentially what Jesus asked us to do when he said, become my disciples, to learn to live and love like Jesus so that we can live the abundant life like Jesus did. And, you know, sometimes I think we sell short the ministry of Jesus because we say things about Jesus came to die. And that's true. He did come to die without his sacrifice on the cross to pay the penalty for the destructive things that we've all said and done and thought that hurt our relationship with other people and hurt our relationship with God. Without him dying, there would be no salvation. There would be no eternal life. But I think sometimes the church and Christians, we talk about Jesus as he's our way to get to heaven. And so that's awesome when I die. But right now he has no practical effect on my life. And what Jesus asked was for us to become his disciples, to live and love like him today. And he said, when you do that, you're going to live a life like I did. The most fulfilling, most rewarding, most full human life that you can. And so Jesus just didn't come to die. He also came to live. If he was simply going to die, he could have died the first day he got here, right? No, he came, he grew up, and he lived a life, a perfect life, as an example, a way for us to live the abundant life. In John 10.10, it says, uh, Jesus is speaking. He says, I've come so that you can have real and eternal life and a more and better life than you ever dreamed of. And so, yes, Jesus is the way that we can have eternal life someday, somewhere after we die. But he's also the way we can have an abundant life today, now. Now, as Jesus was on earth 2,000 years ago, he would walk around and he'd talk to shopkeepers and he'd talk to tax collectors and fishermen. And he would give them this invitation, follow me. Uh, which is kind of a weird thing to say. You don't walk up to somebody at a store today and say, hey, follow me. You know, that'd be kind of weird. And if you are, someone thinks maybe you're playing with some kids and you're playing follow the leader and they all just follow along and you just, you know, Jesus wasn't inviting them to follow him around geographically and just be like, always walk right behind me. Make sure you put your footsteps where I put mine. Even though many of them did follow him along and see where he was teaching and see how he was acting. 
the request or the invitation to follow him was an invitation to follow the way that he lived and loved in his life. And he's still making that invitation today. Jesus is still inviting us to live and love like he did today to become his disciple, or if we might just put it in modern terms, a student of Jesus, a student of the way that Jesus lived and loved. And when we learn from Jesus and we reflect that in our life, we get to enjoy the abundant life, the best human life we possibly can today. Now, over the last eight weeks, we've been going through the book of Romans, which was written by Paul, an early church leader who was writing to these new Christian believers in Rome. And Paul's been telling us kind of these applicable steps we can take of here's how you lean into abundance. Here's how you live and love like Jesus. And over the last eight weeks, we've looked at a whole host of different ways of how uh, abundance comes when we serve others rather than serving ourselves. Abundance comes as we love others, uh, even when they're unlovable. And today we're going to look at this last application that he brings us in Romans 15, starting in verse 13. And we're going to read verses 13 and 14. So in Romans 15, here's what Paul says. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you believe, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. My brothers and sisters, I myself am convinced about you that you also are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, and able to instruct one another. So we're going to break this apart a little bit and pull out this final application about how to apply the abundant life. Notice, first of all, he says that we serve a God of hope in verse 13. We do not serve a God of hopelessness. If hopelessness is involved, God's probably not, because we serve a God of hope. We serve a God who doesn't give up on you. He doesn't look at you and think, man, I'm done with them. They've messed up enough. This was the last straw. I'm done. We serve a God of hope. You know, every once in a while, I bake. I'm not a, a good baker like my wife is. She went to culinary school. She knows what she's doing. Um, but I follow the box recipe very carefully, and I can bake a cake sometimes. And so when I put that cake in and it says... Bake for 45 minutes at 375 degrees. If I open up the oven after 10 minutes and I say, well, it's not done. I mean, that'd be ridiculous, right? It hasn't lasted its entire time that it needs to be in the oven. And at the same time, you know, if the cake's like, I'm going to be a horrible cake. It's 10 minutes and I'm not set yet. I'm still gooey. I'm going to be a horrible cake. That would be ridiculous. It hasn't taken 45 minutes yet. When God looks at you, he recognizes, hey, they're not finished yet. I'm not done with them yet. And so sometimes we're a lot more hopeless about ourselves, but God is hopeful. He says, you've only been in the oven 10 minutes. You've still got 35 more minutes to, um, to change and become who I want you to be. God is much more excited about how far we've come than he is worried about how far we still have to go. And I think sometimes we worry so much more about how far we have to go, and we worry or we don't celebrate enough how far we've actually come. But notice here next that Paul says he's praying that the God of hope fills our lives with joy and peace. Remember, we've talked about this over the last eight weeks. What is the abundant life? The abundant life is a life defined by joy and peace and fulfillment and purpose. There are people who have a lot of money and a lot of possessions and a lot of power, but they lack joy and peace because they can't be bought. They can't be earned. They can only be given as we become students of Jesus Christ. And we live and love like he did. Then again, there's some people who have very little possessions or power or money. And yet they have joy and peace. And that's worth so much more. 
And so what Paul is praying here is that the people in Rome, these early believers, will actually experience the abundant life as they live and love like Christ. And notice next he says, and the result will be that you overflow with hope. Overflow with hope. We can be hopeful because God hopes in us. Because God has not given up on us. And at the same time, remember, we talked about how in the abundant life, we can face any situation, even persecutions and sufferings and trouble, because we recognize that God uses those things to teach us to live and love like Christ. And so the end result is the abundant life, right? So let's walk back through that, because I know that was a lot of words in there. If the abundant life we get to enjoy when we live and love like Christ... We can look with hope on any situation that comes into our life. It can still be painful and miserable and difficult, but we look with hope on it because we recognize that God's going to use it to make us live and love more like Jesus, which in turn allows us to live the abundant life. So even negative or difficult things can be looked at with hope. And notice he says that all this is going to happen by the power of the Holy Spirit. Spirit, And so Jesus promised that when he went away, that those who called out on his name to be saved would receive the Holy Spirit. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, equal in power and worth. And he sent the Spirit so that our temples would become, or our bodies would become temples of the Holy Spirit. That he would dwell within us and empower us to live this supernatural life that Jesus lived. The things that Jesus did, the life that he lived and the way that he loved is impossible without the supernatural empowering of the Holy Spirit. And so Jesus says, if you promise to become my disciple, my student, you believe that I'm the son of God who came to earth and died and rose again. He says, I'm going to empower you with the Holy Spirit so you can actually live and love like I do. If we try to live in love without the Holy Spirit like Jesus did, we'll be frustrated and we'll fail. When Jesus asks us to do things like love our enemies and pray for those who have hurt us, that's impossible without the supernatural empowering of the Holy Spirit. And so now here, he sets that groundwork, and then he gets into what he wants us to do, this final principle of the abundant life. And he says, brothers and sisters. This is a commandment not just for guys, not just for girls, not just for young people, not just for old people. This is a commandment for everyone, men and women, boys and girls, everyone. He says, my brothers and sisters, and this is what he's going to go on to tell you. I want you to share the abundant life with other people. As you've learned to live and love like Jesus Christ, I want you to share that principle with other people. You have a responsibility to share the abundance that you've enjoyed with other people. This is our responsibility, and this is a part of enjoying abundance. If we try to enjoy the abundant life without ever sharing that abundance with others, we'll find that abundance dries up in our life. Notice what he says uh, next. He says, you are full of goodness, and you're filled with knowledge. Uh, He says that he is convinced that they are full of goodness and filled with knowledge. Now, they might not have been convinced. And sometimes we think, well, I don't know enough. I haven't experienced enough about living and loving like Jesus to actually share with anybody else, to share what I've learned with anybody else. But he says, I'm convinced that if you know anything, you know something to share with other people. Now, he noticed, he, he says this interesting phrase. He says that they are full of goodness and filled with knowledge. And so what happens when you're full of something and then God just keeps giving you more? 
you overflow. Thank you, Darby. Um, so this is, this is our example here. So this is your life here. And you're like, okay, I'm learning how to live and love like Jesus. I'm learning to live and love like Jesus. And now you're like, I am full. And so many Christians get to this point in their life and they say, okay, I'm good now. My life is filled and I have all this abundance. I've learned to live and love like Jesus. But what happens is so many people think of abundance as something they have to dam up in their life and then they just fill up. But we need to make a gateway to let abundance flow through us into other people. Or what happens is when we stop overflowing into other people, God stops pouring into us. And so you'll see people grow and grow and grow and then they'll hit a plateau because they never pour into other people. If you want to continually have abundance pouring into your life, you have to overflow and start overflowing into other people. Let's see if I can open a second water bottle. And as you continually overflow into other people, they start filling up. And as they start filling up, what happens is they start overflowing into other people. And as they start filling up and overflowing into other people, it spreads into still more people. You know, it's interesting. Jesus invested into 12 people that he just poured into. Here's how I live and love and here's how I want you to live and love. Then they invested in hundreds of people who invested in thousands of people. And now 2,000 years later, we're not here because someone sat down and wrote a doctrinal statement. Now, doctrine's important, and I'm glad we have the Word of God. But the reality is, we're here because Jesus invested personally in people, and those people invested personally in other people. And what Paul is saying is, if you want to really enjoy the abundant life, you have to take what you've learned about how to live and love like Jesus and pass it on to other people. We have that responsibility. Jesus, the last thing he said before he ascended up into heaven was this in Matthew 28, 19. He says, go out and train everyone you meet far and near in this way of life and mark them by baptism in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, this is what I want you to do. I want you to go out and make disciples. I want you to train people in this way of life. What way of life? The abundant life, living and loving like Jesus. You'll never unlock and enjoy abundance by yourself. You'll always do it in community. And if you want to continue to grow in living and loving like Jesus, you need to invest in other people. Invest in helping them live and love like Jesus. We need each other to enjoy abundance. And the more we pour into other people, the more God keeps pouring into us. I believe that most life change does not come from listening to a sermon. Now, I enjoy speaking these messages, and I'm glad people listen to them. But most people don't change because they hear what I have to say. Most people change because they spend time with us. Because we've taken time to invest in their life and build relationships with them. Horizon Community Church, we do some great things. We serve in the community, right? That's great. We have these Sunday services, which are great. We have small groups, which are great. But the most important thing that we do is each week we have people in uh, Villanova and Bryn Mawr and Ardmore who meet in little groups of two and three to encourage each other to live and love like Jesus. We call it our discipleship meetings. And they happen every week, and each week consistently people get together and they say, how can we encourage and challenge each other to live and love more like Jesus? We have a simple little journal we go through together, and we just sit down together and say, how can we live and love more like Jesus? And we pour into each other's lives, and as we do that, we begin to overflow into the lives of the people around us. 
And so a real simple application today is who's pouring into your life and who are you pouring into? If you're not pouring into anyone, don't be surprised when the abundant life goes stale. When you think, well, I've got all this and now I'm just kind of there and I'm, I'm always looking for more, like somehow it's going to make it, it's going to help me get back that early growth that I have. The only way to continue to have abundance flow into your life is to flow out what you've learned about living and loving like Jesus into other people. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we are so grateful for your word. I'm thankful for the challenge. And Lord, I pray that you'll forgive me for so often times living below the expectation of an abundant life. And I'm thankful that you call us not to agree to some Christian doctrine. You call us to become disciples or students of you. God, I'm so grateful you died on the cross in my place and you promised that if anyone calls out on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, they'll be saved. But Lord, I'm thankful that you also invite us to live as your disciples, living and loving people like you did. And Lord, I pray that we will not keep our life and our abundance and try to hold on to it for ourselves, but we won't be like a dam, but we'll be like a gate that opens wide its gates to flood and share abundance in what we've learned about living and loving a full life like Jesus with other people. And I pray all these things in your name. Amen. So as we close today, we have a couple of announcements. And Darby is going to actually take up our offering today. And um, if you came in um, on your table with a connection card, if you could fill out that connection card, she can also collect those as well as anything you'd like to give to the church. Our next online service will be December 3rd, and we're starting a new series on Advent. Advent literally means the um, arrival of someone important. So obviously we're talking about Jesus, and that's what we're celebrating. And I'm going to be talking about some maybe some unusual or some unexpected things about Christmas, some things that might subvert your expectations about what we believe about Christmas and what the Bible actually says. Uh, so on December 3rd, we'll have an online service, and then we'll be back here December 10th. Usually we're here the last Sunday of every month, so this is a change. In December, rather than being around Christmas and New Year's and all that, we're going to be here on December 10th. And then December 17th, we're going to have another online service, and Nick Snyder, one of our Villanova students, this is going to be his speaking, preaching debut, so you won't want to miss that. Really excited about that. Once again, uh, when you came in on your table as a connection card, we'd love to have your information and be able to follow up with you, hear what you loved about Horizon, also hear what you hated about Horizon, and just see if there's any way that we could serve you or any way we could share more about the church and what's going on. Um, once again, if you want to give to support renting this facility, buying food, serving in the community, you can drop that in the bucket that Darby has, or you can give online. If you're watching online, thank you for those who have been watching us online and for giving online. You can give at horizonphilly.com backslash give. My podium's kind of blocking it there. Um, and then also next weekend is a Bryn Mawr Christmas celebration in Bryn Mawr. We are assisting the Business Association putting this on at the Lettington Library Gazebo. Um, and so we'll have more information about that at our website. But on 7 p.m. on December 1st, there'll be caroling and cocoa and cookies, the three C's of Christmas. And Santa will also be there. Santa's going to be there. I'm really excited about that. <laughs> but then on December 2nd is where we really need people to come out and help us because we are going to do face painting and we're going to do Santa balloon hats and we're going to do a photo booth. 
And the Bryn Mawr Business Association has been great about putting our logo and our name on their kind of flyers and announcements about the event. So we want to make sure we actually show up and help them do a good job. And that is December the 2nd from 10 a.m. till noon. If you are a first time guest today, thank you so much for being here. With it being um, around Thanksgiving, so many people are away. And so we're grateful that you're a visitor here with us today. We have a first time visitor gift over at our Connect table. We'd love for you to take one of those. There's a $5 Starbucks gift card, just as a way of thanks for saying thank you for being a first time visitor. And then as always, I'm available for questions. Um, when I was growing up in church, there was never a space for me to ask questions. And many times I had legitimate questions, and sometimes I just had foolish questions, but there was no space for either. And there's a space for both here. Whether you have a legitimate question or a foolish question, I'm happy to hear it. Uh, you can speak to me after the service, or you can email us at connect at horizonphilly.com, or you can just text our church um, or call the church number there as well. And then last but not least, after this service, it usually takes us about 15 minutes to pack everything up. We're going to go over to the Panera Bread in Wynwood, just about a half mile down the road here, and have lunch. If you want to join us, it's a good way to uh, sit around and enjoy some company and get to know us a little bit better. Thank you so much for being here, and you are dismissed. <laughs>